0: What did he do? Oh, his, his children got sick. He's the whole sick. reason
1: Tyrion's on the fucking waterfront. Okay, but why, Kevin? Because he's consumed by grief and, and rage for his son. <laughs> hey, oh, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Man. It's your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, reading a storm of swords. As always, I'm your host, Zach, sitting here next to me after just applying chapstick that smells now my brother Nate. It it just it smells refreshing. It's Burt's. We're not sponsored by Burt's. Burt's sponsor us. And it's I, just strong. They're it, my
0: favorite. It's strong. It makes the world go round. I can't sinuses. exist without ChapStick. It's horrible. I'm Nate. Thanks for joining us. If you've been here before, you know that we are. Full spoiler, we probably will give you another warning. I decided to stop saying this is your one and only warning because that makes a liar out of us and we're not a bunch of fat mouse running around here. So uh, that's are. true. That's true. Last
1: episode was a dual episode. We caught up with John as John was scaling the wall and watched some people fall off of it. And then made it to the top himself with Egret. And then we moved on to Jamie, who was dealing with the loss of his hand and arrived at Harrenhal, Hall and under the care of Bruce Bolton, was seen to by Kyburn. And uh, that was basically where we left yeah. that.
0: And so that was John Four and Jamie Four, and Bye. then now we're falling right into Tyrion Four. Tyrion. And I like that Tyrion chapter is falling following a Jamie chapter. And so we were after we had recorded the John and Jamie episode, you had pointed out some of the reflections across the two and the time time frames coinciding. I like how that this might not necessarily line up specifically with those timelines. I haven't really thought about it too much to see if that's true, but right. there's still that that mirroring in that thing of Jamie and Tyrion following Jamie's chapter of figuring out how to exist after having just lost his hand. Tyrion figuring out how to exist after having lost the title of the Hand, and so it's neat to to think about. And we'll see how that keeps playing and out and unfolding as we get through this. So it starts this chapter. Well, what what happened to the last chapter with yeah, Tyrion? Yeah, Tyrion.
1: It was a while ago.
0: So you're looking into <laughs> it. It was the was com- it him waking up and it
1: was a council meeting. Uh, and that was when he was learning sort of the new
0: hierarchy of the hierarchy the, the established of King's people.
1: Landing. And, yeah, he was still pissed off that he wasn't really... Getting recognition getting for the recognition. stuff that he had been accomplishing. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a hot minute ago. And this is when Littlefinger is sent to the Vale to bring Lysa Aaron into the fold. And, yeah. Uh,
0: I would imagine at that point he's in some capacity speaking with the Tyrells, to start planning the murder right, of Joffrey. Right, and that's also
1: when Cersei is told she must be married off again. And then, as we know, we last caught up with Tyrion during his wedding wedding to Sansa Stark and her refusal of him in their marital bed. Because that was during the Sansa chapter. Right. This is Tyrion IV, uh, and as we pick up Tyrion Four, Tyrion and Bronn are assessing the damage on the waterfront around King's Landing that Tyrion had burned initially to prevent them having anything to scale the walls with.
0: And again, it's popping up just like it had before he burned it with ramshackle little fucking lean-tos and stuff all built up alongside it, and it's recovering, but not in the way it should be recovering.
1: Ron in his savage way, offers to just kill them all, but Tyrion's like, yeah, no, they'll come back like rats, which is a pretty callous way to be discussing, but Tyrion eventually just says leave them be, but tear down any buildings or hovels at once that This war isn't done, and these idiots aren't quite aware of that yet. Right. and He thinks on how this was supposed to be Kevin's job Mm -hmm. to be walking down here. So
0: Kevin couldn't do that at the moment since one of his sons, Willem, was murdered. um, Murdered. If we think about it, was he actually murdered? I mean, it's war. They're all murdered. But, you know, all in the eyes of the beholder. And then his other son, Martin, was taken hostage. Um, Was that Rob that's got him? Yeah, Rob's got him, and he's. uh, And Lancel's sick. Right. You know? Well so, injured. Yeah, so we're not going to see a bit of Lancel for quite some so time. So Kevin has
1: been consumed by grief and fear. And Tyrion then thinks on the fact that the cost to rebuild is absolutely monumental, but this river is vital and must be reopened, even if they have to drain it, and not drain it, but drag it and get all the dead yeah, yeah. ships out of there and all that shit, because it's important for trade. And so they pass the three whores, which are still set up in the market square. It's a jungle gym. Now a jungle gym for a bunch of little lowborn kids who are running around and playing on it. And Tyrion at first wants guards posted to keep them from doing that and falling off. And then starts getting shit dung thrown at him and then... Says, let them fucking fall. I don't care. Break Fuck all him. their bones. And yeah. just Crack
0: their heads on the way down. Which is fucks. again
1: the reflection of the nobility's response. I want to help
0: when I want to help, but as soon as they start, you know. And the
1: the into the the view into the small folk of like, even though Blackwater was successful, like the the small folk aren't thanking the nobility for that. It's still shit's just as fucked, and Tyrion is just as blamed. And yeah, his mood is pretty dark. Half the castle now seem to know that Sansa was still a maiden. And either that's because Sansa stupidly said something to a handmaiden, which are all Cersei's, or Varus and his little birds found out and are spreading the gossip. Um, I would lean more
0: towards the, the Cersei stuff than Varys's, because I feel as though Varus, while absolutely the one that will plant information and help spread rumors, he's only going to do that if it benefits himself. Otherwise, he's not just releasing information, information all nimbly-bimbly to whoever the fuck wants to Right. have a... An input on yeah, something. I don't,
1: um, but I don't think if it is Cersei that it's Sansa stupidly confiding in a handmaiden because Sansa wouldn't be confiding. No, in it's anyone the over. Yeah, right. she knows. And Cersei's so making up probably, stuff. regardless. there's probably a fucking like peephole into the room. Even like I yeah, wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there is a secret passage or something that somebody's listening in to see. But. The gist of it is that is miserable and hates him, and he knows it, and all he wants yeah. is to comfort her. He wants her.
0: That's what he says at the start of the.
1: the his and he thought. He wants to comfort but... her, hear her laugh, wants her to come to him willingly, and, yeah. And it's... then realizes
0: that he wants her. And, right. And, like, he makes it fucking... Ugh.
1: And then realizing that that's a sort of pipe dream he realizes he also wants to be as tall as Jamie and as strong as Sir Gregor for all the good that does and so his thoughts Go then turned to turn Shay and he had told her the night before the wedding of the wedding but she had already known
0: yeah cuz a serving girl overheard Kevin and Tywin talking and she told a page who Shay overheard telling a Sir Tallard right at the stables and so she was like You know, whatever. That's your your, you're married to her, but I'm the one you sleep with. Like, yeah, you'll get Sansa with
1: child and come back to me. And Tyrion had kind of been hoping for a little more indifference than that, but uh...
0: there's just no pleasing him. Like, he she's all cool with this information. Like, no, I get you have to do your duty. No, no, that's not good enough. It's you're you're now blowing things out of proportion, Tyrion. Like. We've, we've discussed heavily in the past whether we think Shay is sincere or not in her relationship towards him, but does she never gets the opportunity to fucking do so because here she's like, no, like I understand what your role is and how that has to be filled, but I understand you're also going to come back to me. After you've fulfilled that duty. So, no, it's cool. And he's, no, I want you to be upset and ragey at because
1: you're. I should be your only one. And, like, fuck you, dude. Figure your fucking life out, man. Back amongst the him and Braun riding, he's checking to make sure they aren't followed because yada, 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 King's landing. And they head to his next task, which is a pretty dank dive cellar alleyway located.
0: Here we go.
1: And... Thirty dragons in his pocket, Tyrion heads in alone, thinking that that's much too much for this task. But inside, he's directed into the back room, and he sits across the table from Simon Silvertongue. So Simon brings up Shay, and Tyrion requests that he never speak that name aloud again. And notes Tyrion notes that Simon is being bolder than last time they had spoken. And so Tyrion suggests that it's time he take his music and his craft to the free cities, maybe a year in each, and to just travel and do that. They they would long to hear such a lovely voice. So again, Tyrion's
0: a stupid cunt.
1: I'd like to say that like this chapter seems to be more and
0: more of the opposite of the start of Blackwater, where he was doing this game playing and pulling these strings and manipulating things in his favor to have as successful as a battle they did at King's Landing during the Battle of Blackwater. This is all just stupid shit. Him riding down to the, the docks, like, he didn't really accomplish too much. But then thinking about the chase shit, his whininess about that. And then right here he's going to start saying that he's, I would never, I'm not going to let this happen again. You know, I, I made one mistake by letting somebody live for too long and I'm not, you're going to die. You've You've already let him live. Like from the first time you met him and he was running his mouth, and then now you're gonna walk away from him here. You should have killed him here. You should have been like, "Hey Bron, go back down in there and fucking yeah, not don't give him three days." Well, right. Fucking... This is his weakness because so he kept bad. him alive
1: initially because Shayl enjoyed him, and now he's become a legitimate threat. And so it's, but it's it's gone far now because Simon first says <laughs> he wants to sing for Tyrion, and then we get the Hands of Gold litany, which is. A little jaunty tune and Tyrion never wants to hear it again and so Simon says well maybe others may like the tune better the Queen your Lord Father and getting the game that's played Tyrion tells him a wise man could earn more from silence than that song and Simon names his price he wants to sing at the feast there are seven singers set to perform at the King's wedding feast competing for a gilded lute with silver strings And he names them all, and Tyrion says, yeah, it's all seven for the fucking, the seven gods, and it's all holy, so eight singers wouldn't really make sense. Ah.
0: But if one was unable to
1: attend the feast... something should happen to one of your sister's singers, I would just be honored to be considered to fill her place, their place. I love that
0: there's, like, this
1: fucking... This chorale fight
0: club in Westeros where it's these singers, like, because then you think of like the, the underground dudes, like, you know, Tom Seven Strings and shit that are off doing their own thing, Marillion there up at the Vale. And they're just like, nah, yo, let's, I'm gonna fucking kill one of those guys and sneak my way in.
1: I'll make it to the top of this industry. Here we go. It's savage. So Tyrion says he'll inquire on their health and send Ron <laughs> to fetch him if any of them seem infirm. And so Simon gets one last threat of singing the song, and Tyrion assures him that Bronn will call upon him soon. So back at the horses with Bronn, Bronn asks when it is that he's taking the man to Duskendale, and Tyrion says, you aren't.
0: Change of plans. In
1: three days, you will fetch him and tell him that he is, needs to be fitted for better garb for the feast, and he will, of course, follow you easily enough. You may want to keep his tongue. I hear it's silver. The rest of him should never be found.
0: I like that he mentions, because we know that Tyrion was planning on using the 30 dragons that he had to send him over to Bravo, send him to the other side of the sea. And Bronn was going to get him there by taking him to Duskendale. And so I think that it's just neat little information drops that George plants early on where that's going to start playing out with Arya and heading down... Uh, Brienne's
1: gonna be spending quite a bit of time down in that area, right. so. Bronn says he knows a place where there's all sorts of meats that are used in the stew, and Tyrion says, well, remind me never fucking eat there, but Whew. that'll work. And so, back in his chambers. Speaking of Arya. Pod. People, people. Stutters through the fact that Lord Tywin has summoned Tyrion, because all Tyrion currently wants is a bath and to fucking chill. Fucking lovely. So Pod gets his head bitten off by Bron or by Tyrion, and Bron is like, "Yo, like, chill." The kids, Yo, Pod's the got a magic dick. Leave him alone. He's
0: <laughs> gonna be pleasing mad ladies
1: later. And so Tyrion wonders what it is he's done now or failed to do in Sansa Stark's case, and arriving, dude. Now, this is. I like this part of the Tywin's showing off his bling, yeah, yo. Yeah, and
0: He's got mad new
1: ice. And, and that's. He's like, yeah, yeah it right. He's showing off the two new Valerian steel swords that. And Tohobo
0: is there. He For said, some Tehobo-Matt. reason,
1: isn't. Expressed in this chapter, I think it's interesting, that they're crafted from ice.
0: Right, that like, ice was melted down to create these, too. Because so, that's what we, we get the, the... It's the Martin way of revealing it, where Toba Mount's like, nobody can... Or is it Tywin himself that says it, that nobody knows how to craft Valyrian steel anymore. But they do, there are the magics working, to rework yeah. the what already exists. So he was able to melt it, and then... Uh, Tywin wanted it to be a different color, and so Toboma goes to blend in this red, and it doesn't work correctly, and instead gives it this fucking sick, like, swirling red cloud, black, fucking gray. God, it's so cool. And when Tyrion entered, they were talking about the the hilt and the stuff, how they're going to get the pommel to match, what they want to do to embellish it even further. Yep.
1: One is for Joff, of course. The other one is for Jamie and Tyrion's a little irked by that. Couldn't even hook me up with a dagger yeah. Then notes that, uh, and that's another interesting point, I think, is that we get attention, in t- in attention t- drawn to the different daggers that Robert had. So
0: Tyrion making the complaint that he did not... He should
1: ah, what about it? not even a dagger
0: for me, and Tywin says there wasn't enough Valyrian steel to make a dagger for you. There's hundreds of them that Robert has in the armory. Go choose any one of them. One of those daggers we know was given to Robert was the one that was attempted to use to kill but Joffrey Bray, yeah, but, the high, the and so session. we learn eventually that Joffrey took that, not um. Robert himself or Cersei. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was Lannisters. Joffrey's attempt to please his father. And so yeah, it's just that it's so early on and he's dropping that information that there's hundreds of them in there. I mean, it's not there. that
1: early on. Well, Joffrey true, we are is also book close 3. To dead this... And
0: yeah, so the the books will be gifted soon right. and so yeah, I just the fact that there's that mention that there's always been this armory full of daggers nobody would ever notice one missing is it's
1: Hard to miss, or hard to, easy to miss, and skip right over. Tyrion notes that Tywin had always wanted a Valyrian steel sword in the family. Yeah. They used to have Brightroar, sick ass sword. Sick fucking name. But it was lost over in Valyria, and even Tyrion's Uncle Gary himself (laughs) had chased it over there, which, significant, significant, Uncle Gary now, folks, stick with me is rumored, suggested theoried to be a certain man we meet later on in Tyrion's dance chapters, known as the Shrouded Lord. Well, we don't meet him. <laughs> we did in the Lost Chapter. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people will believe that it is Uncle Gary and that he has become a blood raven type under the sea. Almost
0: similar to what uh, Victorion does, but truly and like, and so
1: this could just be our first fun little mention of Uncle Gary and him chasing Bright Roar. And did he ever find it? Who knows what happened to him in Valeria? Yeah, and the I doom. love it. And yeah, uh, the armor Master Mott Ma is praised and told that you know he did good work, but he fixed the pommels, yada yada yada, and then he's dismissed. Get and- the
0: fuck out! And this is technically where the dagger stuff conversation happens Mm -hmm. with Tywin. Tywin asks then
1: what Tyrion found at the waterfront, and Tyrion tells him and tells him that the cost is going to be fucking monumental, that on top of the wedding, and they kind of argue about that for a minute and both the wedding and the repairs, and Tywin says he'll have both. He'll have both the waterfront and the extravagant wedding because it's needed to be extravagant. That's the point. There's, There's a show to it that's expected. And if Tyrion can't do it, Tywin will find him someone who can. And so Tyrion's like, I'll get it done.
0: And Tyr- Tywin, at that point, that specific line says, You will. And George wrote it with Tywin promised. Tywin is promising that Tyrion will be doing this task, yeah, and just the, the coin just for the way it. he wrote that, like, it, just to show the matter of fact way that Tywin is expressing himself, that like, no, 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 this isn't a question of whether you're doing what I'm assigning you to do, and so I just thought that was super.
1: Yeah. And then particular. Tywin tells him to bed his, uh, Tyrion to bed his wife. Sleep with Sansa, yo. And Tyrion bitches about Cersei's servants, and Tywin says, then dismiss her servants if you want, and hire ones more to your liking. That's your right, but you need to get her with child. Winterfell is... Sansa is the key. Rob Stark has fucking beheaded the Starks who have abandoned him along with the phrase. He's all but done. Sansa Stark is the key to the North. Fucking get a child in her... And Winterfell is all about one. Can I
0: point out what a thing not to have known or moved, taken action on as Tyrion? The moment the wedding occurred, it's your right to assign your own your wife's handmaids. Like let Sansa pick some people. Not that you're likely to find ones that she even trusts. But well, I mean, this
1: is also the huge demotion of power, which is the the point. Like, yeah, Tyrion is kind of acting a lot dumber than he did. Before Blackwater, before Blackwater, he was hand of the king. Now he's nothing. So he doesn't think to like I'm not saying he doesn't those... think, but it's this spiraling. Uh, he's not in the know, is basically what I'm saying. Did Tyrion even know that Karstark was beheaded? In the phrase of probably not at this point, like he's getting a slow drip of information. Well, I'm just meaning with the assigning
0: his own, the getting people out of there that are under. Cersei's well, that's what control. I'm
1: saying is that at this point. He's he, he had to marry Sansa at his father's behest, the Hand, so he's probably assuming they're Tywin's assigned servants and that he wouldn't be able to dismiss. Like, I think it's that, that at this point, Tywin has to dictate these very common things of, like, giving him permission to dismiss the servants because Tywin didn't appoint them there. I think it's meant to just show this constant loss of power that Tyrion has had even in the simple even in the fucking servants in his bedchamber he can't dictate he can but at his father's whim and like I think that's what's meant to be seen more than anything else and Tyrion asks about Cersei well before that Tywin
0: does point out that the Marriage can be annulled easily if it's not
1: consummated. Right.
0: And so I think that's just something to keep held on to throughout all so of then, this. So then,
1: yeah, Tyrion's like, all right, enough of my shit. What about Cersei's wedding, huh? Whoa. That bitch? Well,
0: actually, unfortunately. It was
1: refused. Mace refused to marry her to Willis, and Tywin blames the old bat Olenna. Dude, Tyrion... The amount of
0: elation he gets, and then the disappointment, because he can't smear it all in her face. Yeah, it
1: was said that Cersei was too old and too used. Too used. Bitches, Used up. And Ty- Tyrion's like, yeah, Cersei's gonna fucking love that. And Tywin gets cold. Cersei will never know about this. The offer was... N- it's better for everyone if the offer was never made. The offer was never made. And that's where it's that's where it's left because it's interrupted by, Pysele the cunt, who knocks and asks mm. to speak privately to the Lord Hand. But Tywin says Tyrion I, can say.
0: I think this goes like I know that there's the Tywin despises absolutely everything to do with Tyrion, but this I think goes to show the level of. Understanding and respect and trust that he does have with him by saying, y- "Shut the fuck up, Picel Ty- Tyrion stays. I he also think this. that
1: it's a it's a calculated. Anything Picel has to say is probably something Not that's going to right. be. Discussed amongst the city folk, and so Tyrion will find out through the court one way, shape, or form. Yeah, so he's not completely. Unaware. I think it's sort of a, an estimation of like Pie sells here. What information could he have? He couldn't. He there's no way right, going right, to have access to no anything, that anything. Tyrion. There's no way anything he says know. is something Tyrion wouldn't be able to know. So yeah, it's a letter from Bowen Marsh from the Wall. Which I think this is a little we.
0: So the letters are going to start coming in. He mentions right here it's from. The wall, stating the the state of things, but they also did receive a bunch of other ravens with no letters. Right. And that, we know, is Sam releasing the ravens. He's the next chapter. Yeah. So, again, with Martin, with lining up these chapters, just how they fall into place with which one is coming next.
1: Bowen Marsh fears Commander Mormont slain with all his strength. No men have returned back from their venture north. And Marsh fears the wall will be attacked by wildlings next, so he wants men, and he has sent a plea to all five kings. And Tywin's like, excuse me? Five? Mm -mm." So he says to write them back and say that Renly is dead, and the others are only pretenders. And then he kind of ruminates on it for a second and thinks that the Night's Watch is a pack of thieves, killers, and base-born churls, which is just a fancy word for peasants. But Could be otherwise if given proper discipline. If Mormont is dead, they'll need a new Lord Commander. And this is when Pisel recommends, I know just the man, your lordship.
0: They choose their own commander up there, Tyrion reminds them. Yeah, and
1: Slint's brand fucking new. Why would they ever? And And a sniveling little weasel, wine-ass Tywin says, because if they don't, the wall will melt before they ever see another man. Fuck. All right, Tywin. Scheiser. Um And then, yeah, he he just kind of says uh, there's a tool for every task. Because Tywin says Jano Slint is fucking shit. And Tywin says a tool for every task and a task for every tool. Like, and Jano Slint is a tool. Tyrion regrets not having sent him
0: with Alardine and just killing him instead of letting him have the opportunity to go to the Wall.
1: Well, because... Uh, He says, Slint is a hollow suit of armor who sells himself to the highest bidder. And Tywin says, I consider that a point in his favor. Who can bid higher than us? And so he tells Pycelle to write back and says that they can't spare the men, but once the war is won, if his grace has full confidence in the Watch's leadership, dot dot dot. And so, this right here is so perfectly setting up the Red Wedding and the things that tywin's already done how well, he's able this, to word this is how he operates right and, and subtly he
0: doesn't ever request hey you need to make this guy your commander but dot dot
1: dot also ask please, marsh to pass along his grace's fondest regards to his faithful friend and servant lord jano slint hint hint nudge nudge wink fucking wink without actually ever saying anything he can get the message across. The end. So Pycelle is basically, like, at half-chub here because of this, so he'll happily write the message. <sighs> and Tywin, or Tyrion, thinks that he should have fucking trimmed Pycelle's head instead of his beard, along with Slint going with our huh. seems to be a pattern here. And then he thinks, sort of stupidly and pridefully, which I don't agree with this last bit, he says, at least he hadn't made that mistake with Simon Silvertongue. See, father, see how fast I learned my lesson.
0: Oh, it's just, and that's just it. How quickly you're gonna
1: learn your lesson? You still man. have fucking shit. You're like you're. You to learn your lesson. You. Here.
0: Simon had the opportunity to craft the song,
1: dude. Like you're done. You are fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. Tyrion you're done fuck is up. on a spiral now, and it's. I mean, it basically lasts up through dance. Yeah. The most current shit we have for him, but that was Tyrion four. Uh, not that. We get the singer stews type stuff. There's a lot of planting Tyron and mentions to operating of And, yeah, some callbacks to earlier stuff, which will start popping up again when Tyrion starts ruminating on some of his family's going-ons. But, uh, yeah, mainly just setting the pieces and continuing the Tyrion is absolutely so just being rushed along in the river. We're that also King's getting landing. a
0: big setup for the wedding itself occurring and so I think you know we've had some mentions of it all, but this is where we're hearing that well, the planning right, the stages money are occurring. Is being that means we're going to be having and visitors in. and guests arriving. Yeah. And, don't talk to me. Uh, who's and again? Gee, Which one is that? I'm is gonna a, fucking stab you right here in the eye. In your on my orbitals there. Right no, there I was gonna say in your bedroom. Popping. We recording. Yeah, that's true.
1: I'm going to murder you in your bedroom, and it's on tape
0: with your thumbs. Are you going to pop my eyes out? I hate
1: you. Oh, I'm sorry. You Did that sting? We're convening boy. the small council so I can get away from him. Didn't
0: Oberon sit on a small council for a short time? Why was it so short?
1: Welcome to the small council. He's done now. Being ridiculous. I wasn't and planning so, on it, but... With that, we conclude our small council to give our inductees for Tyrion. Not conclude. I was going to say, we just convene is what I meant to say. Convene our small council to give our inductees for Tyrion 4. You got one? I've got one. It's going to be motherfucking
0: Bowen Marsh because that dude's like. Yo, shit's going on up here. I don't know what's happening, but everything's over. Please send help. Bow just please Marsh. fucking send help. Fuck? We could use all the help we can get. And he's just trying to do his best, dude. He doesn't want that wall. He doesn't want to be Lord Commander up there running anything in its stead. So power to that guy, man. What a
1: fucking... You're out there, dude. You're wild. You're <laughs> something else. Fuck you. I <laughs> hate you. Um, Mind my he's going to Kevin Lannister. Oh yeah, like I'm uh, the direct impact. Uh. At least he was fucking mentioned more than just writing a letter. What did he do?
0: Oh, his his children he's got sick. The whole reason
1: Tyrion's on the fucking waterfront. Okay, but why, Kevin? Because he's consumed by grief and, <laughs> and rage for his son. No, uh, well, yes, that. Um, I I'm surprised it's not seen more as like weakness. Like that it that's actually the reason that it's known that he is not working and doing his. Stuff And Tywin allows it, like, it's just surprising to me that it's, he's not working, like, Tywin, when Jamie was captured, and, you know, all that shit, he didn't take a day off, because he was consumed by grief, and, like, it, it I understand Kevin's son died, but, like... I thought it would be viewed as weak among the Lannisters, and that Tywin would be like, no, you still gotta fucking work, like, we're still at war, but I guess he is given, like, a sick day. It's
0: just Tywin is the most cold, savage son of a bitch. Well, that's what I'm
1: saying, it, so I figured Tywin would be like, no, fuck you, Kevin, you're my little toady. I think he
0: understands that it's him, that he, no, I'm, I don't give a shit what happens to the fucking Tyrion, but... Tyrion. Tyrion. Uh, So yeah,
1: Sir Kevin, for actually managing to get a Lannister the sick day out of it.
0: I guess that's all right. Yeah. And so we did get some write-ins this week. Karen wrote in with her inductee. Hers is Ned Stark and Ice. Rip. Rest in peace. R.I.P. You got it. Bye. Also, maybe he'd tell us who the Knight of the Laughing Tree is, is what she was saying based on some of her previous stuff um, with Ned, I believe. So he could potentially also confirm that Roos is a vampire. I, the, the listener wrote it in. I'm Zach, gonna you can't get shriek. Mad at me. I'm you gonna just start screaming. Me... So then take a look at this. She also I saw sent in a, a, a wonderful picture cat. of her new little kitty cat, and we don't know his name, or else he would be an honorary inductee. She said
1: they're a permanent member of the Blood Axe, or uh, the Brotherhood, the Blood Axe. That's a D and D thing. Uh, of our brotherhood. Okay, I so, thought she meant yeah, for no, her household, but no, that works like, too. Yeah. I mean, get us a name so we can know, but yeah, uh, Karen's kitty cat, which is so adorable, is also a permanent member.
0: Let's see, and then, um, Brittany also wrote in, she was just talking about the, the previous episode a bit, and right. had some cool stuff to say about that, so thank you for writing in as always, we appreciate that. Also, Kristen.
1: Kristen is so
0: cool, Yo, she's like... I think she's only a
1: couple episodes yeah, no, I, behind. I, I'm pretty sure she, she will probably be caught um, up here very
0: Also, soon. you never have to apologize for sending double emails because she posed us a question in that one. That right Oh, we, need to we do have to pull that up because so, uh,
1: Kristen was actually very excited because Mags kind of beat her to the punch as far as our episodes released because she asked a question. She said, this is a question to you two and...
0: All of our fellow listeners, so write in and let us know what you think about. It. Is it uh, when all is said and done, do you want Azora High to be someone expected, like Danny or John, or even Fagon, or someone unexpected, not a minor character, but maybe not a prominent point of view character either? She tends to le- uh, lean toward the latter because she likes to be surprised, but can definitely understand why people would be upset if Papal. seemingly came out of left field when these other characters were being hyped up so much. So, Zach and I refused to talk to each other about it because we knew our responses fairly swiftly. Yeah. um, I'll go, just because that's basically the cop-out one. I'm indifferent as long as it makes sense. I don't, like, as long as Martin has it make make sense, then if it's John, fucking great. If it's Danny, fucking wonderful. If it's the Hound, cool, which I believe is who she was very interested in that being. Um, I, it doesn't matter if it's fucking Lemon Cloak, if it's damn Brandon Stark, if it's a major character, if it's no, it could be fucking Howlin' Reed for all we I care. As long as it makes sense in the context, then I'm down for whatever. But I'm like that with basically everything. I'm kind of just an impartial asshole. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm more of the line that I want it to be a minor character, a minor POV, um, like, and I wouldn't be angry if John or Danny, because that seems to be pretty potentially where the story's going. But my ideal would be an out of left field, uh, something like the Hound, or you know, some tomfoolery like it's Arya, or something different than the you know John or Danny, who are the two kind of that you would expect it to be. Or if Jamie. it is. And you know the scene Martin's writing, I'm obsessed with. So this, I'm sure, it would be beautifully done, and the scenes would be very reminiscent of Azor Ahai and Issa Nisa and all that. But yeah, I would like it to be more of something to suss out. And and I, I personally, I feel, because while
0: everyone finds those those metaphorical, you know, parameters to fit these characters in, I feel like when the the one does arise, if an Azor Ahai actually comes forth. It's going to be much more clear-cut as to why they fit those roles, how they, you know, the the Nisa Nisa stabbing the heart through and the lion and, you know, tempering oh, really? the sword. Oh, really? I
1: could see it going the other way. I could see it getting more vague where every character is now having moments of, like, they were literally well, just standing among salt and and Well, that's what I think and is so going to be the thing. Is is that there's that never a definitive Everybody's going to have
0: that alluding to, but the real Azor high it's going to be fairly like, oh, clearly this is why, not it was a subtle reference that potentially well, could Well see have no that's it. what i'm
1: saying is i could see the series ending with it could fit it could fit Aria, it could fit the hound it could fit john but there is no named Zora high everyone fit the bill that survived and was it because of that maybe like and then that becomes sort of the the afterthought that you're left with is who do you think embodied as high Well Zora see Hai and that there? Was,
0: that's the fun thing is then in another 10,000 years they're all Azora High. But and it never was just Kristen one.
1: immediately followed that email with a follow up email because she had listened to the episode where Mags wrote in and Mags asked us about the tinfoil theory of Azora High being Sandra Clegane the Hound and I responded as such that I adored it and I think the Hound would be a great candidate for it. I would love it if it was the Hound. I think that's a great one and Kristen was also on that vein because the Hound was specifically who she was going to name. And so she just felt a kindredness with Mags and a kindredness with us. And we're all just kindred Azora High fanboys and girlians, right? And so So let us know who you would like
0: it to be, who you would prefer it to be. Is there somebody specifically that you'd be fucking livid if you found out that's who it was?
1: My boy (laughs) Stanis is Azora High. Um,
0: Garrett is a Zora High. Ramsey Bowman is a Zora High. We're just, you know, whatever you guys think, let us know. You can write into us through the email, like Kristen and uh, Karen and Julian and yeah, all the Everybody's, everybody's all uh, over the place. Without Manners Brotherhood at gmail.com. You can also go and check our postings. We always post, you know, our. Announcements over on the Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. I'm on Twitter at MannersWithout. Zach is over there at CarStark92. Leave us a rate and review uh, Apple Podcasts. Those are very helpful, whether you think they are or not. I know you hear it from every fucking podcast ever, but they they help. Um, You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood, and that'll just direct you to all the different places that you can uh, leave a review. Listen to us on our Patreon where we get those special episodes out. The Dunkin' Egg series is what's being worked through slowly right now. Patreon.com Without Manners. We have all sorts of other places you can check us out, but those are the good ones for now, I think. Mm. So, Mm. you got anything to. No, next is Sam 2.
1: Sam 2? It's only 2. Yeah, Crasters Keep. No. And bye bye, Mr. Mormont. All right, I wasn't kind of gonna All right, so yeah, join us for that. Send us here in Dr. East to Sam Two with the exchanging of the commanders. Who's after Sam Two?
0: I've got the book here. I suppose I can flip through it and try and find out. But holy hogwash!
1: I don't know who's after oh, Sam Two. He says. What in the Nate flipping you? through his book. This is the content that you fucking listen for. You just want to... It's Aria. Is it another Aria? Yeah, so probably like Aria 5 Aria or hundred Aria 110. Maybe 7,
0: which means if it's... Uh, maybe it's 6.
1: It's Aria yeah. 6. And
0: so that means I got to get on my on my shit and start sending some messages because I know we had some people wanting to guest on some Aria You got to get on your so. shit
1: in more ways than one. Right. So send us inductees for Sam 2 and the Aria chapter after that, and we'll catch you on the next one.
0: Valar to Harris. Peace.